Galnet News Digest, 11th of May 3307. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news. The Shutdown Field Simulator. Vote Marne, the exciting choice. Nova Imperium trudges home. Commanders who earned the Kill Warrant Scanner Award by helping President Hudson clamp down on the civil liberties of federal citizens have discovered that their shiny new module has a secondary use. This miraculous Kill Warrant Scanner is able to scan a ship at a range of 6.6 kilometres in just two seconds. This makes it the king of Kill Warrant Scanners. Like many such modules, it has a resale value of zero, which means it costs nothing to rebuy if your ship gets destroyed, and it costs no more than 100 credits to transfer between stations. But it's special party trick when you've just encountered a party of hostile pirates whom you might just about be able to take on single-handed, is to shut off your ship's power. Deploy this module at your peril. The 4.8 megawatts this 1.3 tonne module consumes not only makes it glow cherry red, it ensures that none of your core modules will be functional due to a lack of available power. If you're one of the unlucky ones and you've never experienced the terror of a Thargoid shutdown field, try fitting this module to your ship and you too can see what it's like to have all your modules go offline simultaneously. Even if you manage to get your power management sorted out just right, so you can run this module and still have the rest of the ship functioning, there's still a frisson of excitement to be had knowing that turning on your zero-g defying space coffee machine will tip your power plant over the edge and cause your life support to malfunction. Trying to use your space electric toothbrush means your thrusters go offline. Getting your hands on this module was Totally worth being complicit in the creation of a federal police state, wasn't it? Helping to create a police state in which every communication, every word, every thought of every federal citizen will be available for President Hudson and his cronies to read. In return for your very own shutdown field simulator. With the Alliance Prime Ministerial elections rescheduled for the 27th of May, what will the election mean for the Alliance and for the Galaxy? While not exactly perfect, the Alliance model has quite a bit going for it. Each star system within the Alliance is self-governing, allowing a high degree of local autonomy. That sounds great for democracy, but it isn't really. At least some of the Alliance's member systems are dictatorships and anarchies where Alliance citizens have little or no say over how they're governed. Regardless of local politics, each system, depending on its population, sends at least one representative known as councillors to the Alliance Assembly, where common policies and treaties with other powers are agreed. Unusually, the Assembly does not have the power to create laws. Laws are a matter for individual star systems. However, the Assembly can vote to impose sanctions or take other corrective measures against member systems whose laws are incompatible with Alliance policy. The Prime Minister is elected by councillors in a form of semi-representative democracy, consensus politics and behind-the-scenes machinations in what, given the Alliance's love of hallucinogens, are almost certainly smoke-filled rooms. 
Being the Prime Minister is a thankless task of non-stop brokerage and mediation, and no Prime Minister has ever been popular enough to be elected for a second six-year term. Most of them don't even make it to the end of their first term. And the reality is that a fair bit of the Alliance's decision-making is the work of unelected civil servants. On top of all of that, the Alliance military is almost entirely autonomous from the Assembly. The six fleets, made up of ships owned and run by Alliance member systems, are commanded by an Admiral. And the six Admirals, known as the Council of Admirals, are effectively in charge of Alliance security and a fairly large chunk of its foreign policy. There was for a time a constitutional figurehead alongside the Prime Minister. The President managed diplomatic relations with the other superpowers and non-alliance independent systems and bridged the constitutional gap between Assembly and the Council of Admirals. The role was abolished in 3305 after President Gibson Kincaid, with the help of Admiral Yamamoto of the Council of Admirals, attempted to become the effective supreme leader of the Alliance by having executive powers transferred to the President. Edmund Mann, by delaying the Prime Ministerial election by three months, has made himself the longest-serving Prime Minister ever. The delay was immensely unpopular, and Mann seems likely to be defeated by Councillor Nakato Kane, someone who wants to concentrate on Alliance core values and who has no ambitions to expand the Alliance into meta-alloy-rich territory. Mann tried and failed to get the Serious Defence Cooperation Treaty accepted by the other superpowers. Had this been accepted, humanity might have had a unified approach to Thargoid incursions. Kane has no interest in such matters and is seeking to improve living standards, improve the economies and create new trade routes that will benefit the Alliance core systems. Kane stands for all that is right in politics. She seeks to improve the lot of Alliance citizens and be a good neighbour for the other superpowers, independent systems and alien lifeforms. Mann, often thought of as being beige and boring, is the candidate who will expand into Thargoid territory, steal their meta-alloys and fight them off. Mann is the candidate who will keep the Alliance relatively interesting. Isolationist Imperial faction Nova Imperium is making slow progress in its attempt to ward off an apparently unjustified attack by federal faction the League of Mandu. The attack, which started on Thursday last week, is in response to allegations that Nova Imperium leader Imperator Hadrian Duval is behind militant republican movement, the Neo-Marlinist Liberation Army, which is responsible for caustic enzyme attacks on six Imperial four Federal, two Alliance and one Independent Starport, and for the murder of Prince Hadrian Duval and a number of other Imperial dignitaries, as well as, apparently, making an attempt on Hadrian's own life. The allegations are as yet just that. There has not been any corroboration of the claims, much less a believable explanation why someone who has worked hard to be recognised as a Duval and who wants to become Emperor would mastermind a Republican group that assassinates Duval's and which wants to abolish the role of Emperor entirely. A suggestion has been made that Hadrian is simply trying to remove those Duval's who are closer in line to the throne than he is. However, 
Hadrian was already far more likely to become the next emperor than Mad Prince Harold. And besides, that doesn't explain all those bombed starports. Despite the lack of evidence, the League of Mandu attacked Nova Imperium. And right now they're probably wishing they hadn't. In a terrible war of attrition, Nova Imperium has barely hit 20% of the target it needs to win decisively. The progress it's making may be partly down to the sterling efforts of Nova Navy. But if it's slow going for Nova Imperium, the League of Mandu is achieving far less and is suffering catastrophic levels of ship loss. It took Nova Imperium four full days to hit the bottom rung of the ladder. That means that those who helped will get a small payout. It looks unlikely that the League of Mandu will get to that rung at all. Nova Imperium will win this war. But with hostile Imperial faction, the Periazi Empire Consulate standing by, there may be more troubles ahead for the embattled Imperator. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs>